to Weak Points, the podcast where we discuss what we've watched, listened to, read and done over the past week. I'm one of your hosts, Rich, and with me as ever is Nick. Nick, how has your be- week been? Your beak been? Your week <laughs> my been? beak! My beak has been excellent. I've been, I've been into the soil, I've been pulling out worms, and, you know, I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's been it's been fine, hasn't it? You know, uh, what are we seeing? Are we seeing are we seeing the tide turning politically? Uh, you know, uh, again, again with my um, left leaning, optimistic head on, uh, Joe Biden looks to be uh, taking a commanding lead over Nutty Trump uh, over in the, uh, the the United States, and then here um, Keir Starmer looks ever more prime ministerial against uh, Boris and his bunch of feckless nutters. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I cross my fingers. I cross my fingers. What else can yeah. you do? Yeah, who knows? Well, everybody can vote when they get the opportunity. That's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. This is very, very true. Yeah. Um, I've been back at work this week. Have you? Yeah. Um, yeah, getting ready to reopen. Oh my so goodness. that's been that's been weird. What I have realised is that um, spending a lot of time away from work makes your brain very slow. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. Somebody was asking me about um, something really, really basic, and I just yeah. couldn't. I couldn't. There's only it was a two word thing, and I couldn't put the two words together. What, and it, what were they? It was customer lift. Right. Oh. <laughs> you think that would be that would be quite straightforward? Customer lift. Right. And I was going. Um, you know the pass the passenger passenger <laughs> uh, pa- passenger lift. It's not passenger lift. It's like a goods lift, but it's not. It's for passengers. <laughs> passenger lift. I couldn't fucking just couldn't fucking do it. In the end, I was just like, you know what I mean. And I thought, oh god, I hope this. I hope my brain kicks into gear at some point, or else this is, I'm. Have I just gone like like a pensioner over the last three months? Oh, it's frightening. Yeah, yeah. The, these items are less money than they were. They are yeah. on something less money. Yeah, though I mean, the last time I had I had that in a work situation was um, many, many, many years ago. Um, I when I was working as a uh, working as a waiter, <laughs> not in a not in a human league song. But no, I was working sure. in a waiter in a Happy Eats restaurant, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, good times. <laughs> it's one of those one of those prodigy high flyers. I and, know um, the Happy Eater on the A sixty three. I know well, the very ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I was uh, I was in there one morning, and I'd had, I'd had a particularly heavy night the night before. <laughs> in fact, I think I was just still carrying on the night before into the morning. I was in work, and um, at that time, uh, smoking was still allowed in there. It was like one of those odd things where, at one point where um, smoking was allowed. And, but you could have smokers in one area of a room and non-smokers in another. A little bit like on a, like in a train carriage, you could have the front six seats would be smoking and the other ones would be yeah. non-smoking. But all the non-smokers would still get all of the smoke because of there was no, no fucking physical cinema, barrier. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like being on a fucking plane. Um, yeah. uh, and the Happy Eater similarly had that where... Uh, half the room was smoking and half was non-smoking. So you could get two tables that were right next to each other and one yeah. had been non-smoking and one had been smoking. It was absolutely farcical. But I was um, I was particularly brain dead from not having enough sleep the night before. And the um, first customers that came in, um, <laughs> the, I, it was my job to greet them. And um, I, what I was supposed to say was, oh, is it table, f- like, table for four, is it? 
Uh, and they go like, yeah, and I, and I, would, and I was supposed to say, is it smoking or non-smoking? And they go, oh, non-smoking. And I go, right, I just need to see you over here. Anyway, they came in. I mean, bear in mind, there was no fucker in, so I don't know why I was doing a meeting. Great, I should just let them just, like, sit where you want. Um, yeah. They came in, and I said, oh, like, table four, is it? And I, yeah. I said, um, is it smoking or... And then I just left it in the air because I couldn't think of what the alternative to smoking was. Brilliant. Smoking or um, it, it, look, it sounded like I was I was hinting at something yeah, else make, or making a judgment. Yeah, smoking or uh, would you like a little something stronger? Perhaps <laughs> <laughs> you look like a connoisseur. <laughs> it's like fucking hell. I just so I just left it up there and then let them just fill in the option for me. The last time, the last time I went to a happy eater, I don't even know a happy eater still go anymore. No, no. The symbol so. was like a, a man smiling with his finger down his throat. Yeah, yeah, trying to make himself vomit. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad sign. But it was, um, I think it was just, it was either near Retford or Newark. I was on tour, oh, yeah. and uh, and I'd got up and I got to the happy eater. I'd got there quite early, and there was one woman on, and uh, I think uh, a bloke in the kitchen, and she was yeah. helping out. Yeah, and and she kept coming out with, "Oh, he's useless. He's useless." Yeah, and um, anyway, I'd I'd gone in. I'd just fancied a breakfast, so I said, "Can, can I have a um, uh, some scrambled egg and a toast with some bacon?" No. <laughs> so what do you mean? No, no. We do the full English. We do this. We do that. Basically, the photographs. We do what's in the photographs. And I went, yeah. right. So you see that one that's got scrambled eggs on it? Yeah. Can I have that, but with no sausage and no tomato? No. Why not? Well, we can't find the bacon. <laughs> I can remember saying, we can't find the bacon. I said, what do you mean? Well, he's useless. He's put it somewhere last night. We don't know where it is. In the fridge? Could be. Could be. I wanted to say, do you want me to come and look? But I didn't bother. I sat there and she said, I'll put you the heater on. Right, and they've got like one of those um, uh, gas, you know, those like gas fires that are made of, yeah. with a with a yeah. big gas bottle in the back. Yeah, they yeah. wheeled it over near to my table and put it on because it was fucking freezing. I think it must have been towards the end of Happy Eaters' time, and they, yeah. they couldn't pay the electric bills and they couldn't pay the staff. Yeah. Anyway, she said, "Right, we're really sorry that we can't <laughs> give you any of these things because we can't have, we haven't got bacon." And he won't make scrambled egg. Not that he can't, he won't. <laughs> he won't, like, right, yeah. He won't make scrambled egg. But we can give you some extra sausage. I went, yeah, okay. Thinking, instead of three, I'll get four. I got fucking nine. I got so you nine got, you sausage. Got, you got just nine, nine sausages and toast. <laughs> no, I got some fried bread, a little triangle of fried bread, uh, one tomato cut in half that had been fried, that I don't really like anyway. And and I got a Friday um a fried egg. Oh right. And some mushrooms and nine fucking sausages. <laughs> some of them were on a plate on the side. I got four on the plate and five other sausages there. I didn't even eat the four that were on my fucking plate. I mean, they were nice enough. Don't get me wrong, they were nice yeah. enough and you know. And she said, Do you want bread and butter? I went, oh, I'm, I'm all right. She said, well, you can make them into sandwiches and take them with you. I, I said, I'm, honestly, I'm fine. Are you warm enough? Yes, Nana. It was like fucking me in Nana's house. I'm warm enough, yeah. 
But honestly, <laughs> bless her. Um, she was an older. She was an older woman, and you know, yeah. can, can I have some scrambled egg uh, and toast and some bacon, please? No, no. It wasn't. I'm really sorry. No, it was just no. No, that's a that's no. a really unreasonable request. <laughs> no. And also, he won't make scrambled egg. Yeah, that yeah. fucking baffled me. At the time, I thought, is he a phobia? Maybe he's phobic. I won't. No, I can't mix. I can't mix it. I can't mix it. So, yeah. There can't be that many people who work in a kitchen who've got such strong strong feelings against scrambled egg. Either that, or, or they've got some pre-prepared fried eggs, and he couldn't be bothered to make any fresh <laughs> eggs. And he's like, oh, let's just, we'll take these out of the freezer and just drop them in the deep fat fryer, and they'll be done. I'm not mixing them, fuck mixing them up. It's not going to work. So, you know, that's, that's like cooking. But yeah, fat nine sausages. And there were those quite long ones. I mean, they yeah. were full of rusk. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ, the meat content must have been fucking in its teens. Yeah, yeah. Some of those cans of Tyne brand. I yeah. used to love this. We used to work at, uh, you know, going to um, Gateway or, or Fine Fair or, the, you know, and it was um, 25% meat guaranteed. Guaranteed. It might have been 24 and it was all fucking conduit. It was all that kind of meat that hangs around the fucking tube. Yeah. It might as well have said um, no more than 24% meat guaranteed. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Maximum 24% meat guaranteed. Don't you worry about that. Time brand. <laughs> fucking hell. What are they eating up in the time? Just the fucking shit that floats up, I suppose. What a fucking name as well. Time, time brand. brand. And after, there was Yeoman as well, wasn't there? Yeoman. Yeah. And that was 27% meat, so oof, you knew where the extra 3% went. You know, that's good. That was quality conduit. So, um, I mean, that that is coming from the time when um, this, they say that the reason that um, that old that old hack joke about um, white dog shit on the pavements in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't see it anymore. And they say you don't see it anymore because of the awful things that they used to put in dog food at the time. Because it was basically just crushed up bone, and that's why all the shit were all white. Yeah, 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 possibly. I mean, I I always used to think it was because it had been there long. Yeah. Because nobody cleared it up, and dog shit just stayed there until the sun bleached it. Bleached it white, yeah. Bleached it white. In fact, we used to say at our school, I laughed until my shit turned white. It was one of those things we used to say. Um, Anyway... Uh, I have seen white dog shit, uh, not that recently, it would be a month or so ago, during lockdown, I saw some uh-huh. white, uh, white, but I suppose it's notable because it was seen uh, more regularly during the 70s, and now it's somebody's, a rare thing. Yeah, somebody's not been feeding the dog right around you then. Yeah, yeah, just making them eat paint, who knows, but tipex, Maybe. eat that fucking tipex. Yeah, anyway, so this probably is a did TV it for a, podcast, probably, this. probably did it for a TikTok video. Yeah, maybe they did. <laughs> yes, it is about what we've watched. Um, yeah. Although even at the start, I do say what we've listened to and read, and we've not spoke about any of those things ever. Yeah, we did, well, I, we did one thing about Audible, didn't we? I, yeah. I did my Audible book, oh, yeah. which I've still yeah. not listened to. I've still fallen asleep trying to listen to it. Brilliant book, <laughs> beautifully descriptive. It conks me out every fucking... What I've got to do is start listening to it while I'm tidying up or, or driving yeah. or doing something that... That uh, is not going to make me go to not just lay yeah. in bed. Oh, I'll listen to me, but I'm bad enough reading a fucking magazine. <laughs> the amount of times it'll hit the floor and I'll go, <laughs> and I'll pick it up and try and read the same four sentences. So, you know, <laughs> listening to a book is a nightmare. <laughs> um, so, what have yes. you been watching this week then? 
Okay, well, I'll do the, the first one I was going to do, Perry Mason. I, I started watching the new uh, HBO. Um, I don't know what you'd call it. It's like Perry Mason, the early years. Um, although that recalls Butch and Sundance, the early years. Did you ever watch that movie, Butch and Sundance, the early years? Yes, yeah. Tom Berenger and William Catt uh, yeah. subbed in for Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Uh, it, it, it wasn't good. Um, Why did they this... think that that was ever going to work? Could it be too hard a people for the shoes to step into? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Such great on-screen charisma. Don't worry, we'll get Tom Berenger and William Catt. William Catt, best known for Carrie, playing the blonde-haired guy in Carrie. Uh, And he was also in that series of films called House. Do you remember House? House House 2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shite. Um, They weren't good, were they? They were fucking good. awful. Although I do, yeah. I do, I do recall seeing like all of them. <laughs> I, I feel saw, like I've watched them all. <laughs> I only saw part of it was either the second one or the third one yeah. at a mate's house in Leicester. Uh, I, he was a an, he was an Ulster student come over and he said, "Come and stay. I'm going to watch a film." I went, "Okay, what are we watching?" "We're going to watch House Three or House Two, <laughs> whatever it was." I went. Okay, fair enough. And him and his mates were pissed out of their minds. And I'm not a drinker. So they were going, ah, this is fucking brilliant, by the way. Look at this. Look at this. Look at him looking in the mirror. Look at him in the mirror. There's a hand. There's a fucking hand. And I was sitting there going, this is the worst piece of shit. It's fucking. Yeah. Although, yeah, uh, yeah we might be talking at, on, on another uh, pod about some shit films that we have. Yeah. Seen. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> Spoilers. Um, We've now seen worse. Yeah, we have now seen worse. Um, but uh, yeah, William Katz and then Tom Berenger, who was going to be like a big, uh, he, you know, he had like three or four years where he was the man, wasn't he? And then suddenly yeah, yeah. he wasn't the man anymore. He did yeah. Major League and he did uh, a film called, I want to say, Betrayed. It was a Wolfgang Peterson thriller. Uh, and uh, he was—he was in, in a load of army flicks, wasn't he? War, yes, kind of. yes, he was war films. He, yeah, he played yeah. Uh, the bad sergeant in Platoon, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Sergeant Barnes, and and he was also in—I um, want to say Sniper or uh, I don't know. Oh, he was on the DVD. Yeah. He was on the video box with a load of black and green makeup on. Wasn't yeah, he? in profile, he was in that film. Tom Berger in profile with a load of camouflage on. It's a shit title though that. Um, anyway <laughs> Perry Mason the early years so most people uh, who know uh, the books or the successful TV series which goes back as far as I think the 60s uh, starring Raymond Burr he's a defence attorney and he had uh, an assistant called Della Street and a long-running rivalry with the district attorney, Hamilton Berger. Fucking Hamburger, what a character. Not, Della Street is in this series. Hamburger is not. Not no. yet, anyway. Right. Now, they're only releasing the episodes every uh, Sunday. So I watched, um, on Now TV, I watched this week's, this, uh, this afternoon. Um, yeah. He's a private investigator. It's set in the early 1930s, 32 or 33, I think. Uh, he's been a World War I veteran, although uh, his uh, history during the conflict was fairly checkered. And he is uh, a bit washed up. I mean, to be honest, the description of him, the, the stuff I'm going to say to set the scene, 
is awash with cliche. Um, and actually the way they deal with it is far more nuanced. So he's a washed up alcoholic. He's obviously got out of a, a relationship. His wife won't let him see his child. He gets uh, violently drunk. He's having a, a, a sort of a lustful, uh, uh, just just a, basically a, a sex arrangement affair with this um, Hispanic character. Uh, mm. She's a bit older than him. I think she's offering to buy his deceased parents' farm that he lives in. Um, all he's doing is getting uh, infidelity cases and missing persons. Um, and a friend of his father's, who is an attorney, uh, hands him this case that is all over the newspapers, uh, wherein, and this is the very first scene in episode one, so this, this ruins nothing, wherein a kidnapping of a child goes badly, badly wrong. Uh, um, and uh, the child ends up dying, unfortunately. And um, it's wrapped up with this uh, sort of Christian cult leader, this woman played by, oh God, I think her name is Tatiana Maslani. If you ever saw Orphan Black, she played all the orphans in Orphan Black. Great actress, Canadian actress, really, really yeah. good. And um, uh, so it's... it's um, I love the period it's set. I love the music. Although, if you ever played the PS3 uh, game, uh, L.A. Noir, Oh, yeah. It is like they've just taken that soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> banged it into the show. It's br- and we, I love the music. So that. It, I got yeah, the it was really good. That. Yeah, Fab yeah. music. Um, so, um, it's lit really well. It's got some great character actors in there. John Lithgow plays the uh, the attorney who is... Uh, sort of throwing a bone to Perry Mason. Matthew Reese plays Perry Mason himself. Um, the actress who plays Della Street is somebody Rylance. Uh, I want to say Jessica. I think that's probably wrong. I'll look it up in a minute. Uh, and then Shay Wiggum. Shay Wiggum, who you will have seen. Shay Wiggum plays his sometime partner in Private Investigation. Right. He always right. plays someone a little bit dodgy, a little bit rumpled. You've seen him, man. Have a look at him. You'll know who I mean. Sheer uh, Wiggum. He's one of those uns- yeah, he's one of those unsung um, character actors. Uh, and he's been in... It's, he was, funnily enough, um, before we started this, we were talking about Kong Skull Island. He was in Kong Skull Island as well. Um, but he's done he's done loads of stuff, and I really like oh, him. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, him. That guy. That yeah. guy. Yeah. So... Um, but, uh, yeah, really strong. I, I like the way it's, it's a slow burn as well. It hasn't felt like it's needed to, you know, hit the ground running with shocks and explosions and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, the other thing it's done as well is make Perry Mason, as well as being this kind of uh, rumpled, slightly broken figure, he's made him quite dislikable in a lot of ways. You root for him because yeah, he's, right. you know, he's a bit, you know... As as his past is revealed, you realise he had lots of stuff done to him. But um, yeah. he starts off, and you think, "Oh, he's a bit of a dick." <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, but in a, <clears throat> you know, in a way that makes him engaging as a character. Um, yeah. And it's de- yeah, definitely, definitely worth a worth a look. Um, I'll be I'll be following that one again. It's not a it's not like Lincoln Rhymes, uh, and I know you've got some Lincoln Rhymes stuff coming up, but it's I don't want to give anything away yeah um because it's 
it's good. So uh, do do you know the because um, I've I don't know either the books or and I didn't know the original TV. I've seen some of the TV series. shows. I've never read any of the books, uh, but I've seen some of the TV shows. Right. Um, my granddad used to read the books because he loved crime fiction, but I uh, I never I never took them. Oh, I read Ed McBain. Uh, my granddad gave me some Ed McBain books before he died, and, and I read those, the 87th Precinct novels, but I ne- never read any uh, any of the Perry Mason. In fact, I can't even remember the name of the author who wrote the books, which is very remiss of me. I should have looked that up. Um, but I saw some of the Raymond Burr series, yeah. Uh, and uh, I like courtroom dramas. Um, yeah. And, you know, so I'm, I'm assuming that what this is leading to, uh, and again, this is my guesswork. I, 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 you know, there's only two episodes out, so I have no idea. Yeah. But I'm assuming it, what it's leading to is uh, John Lithgow's character taking Matthew Reese under, or taking Perry Mason under his wing and saying, "You know, you better take the bar exam. You're very good at this. Let's, yeah. you know, you need to become uh, a defense uh, a defense attorney." I don't, I don't know, um, but that would that seems to be the logical progression, which in a way is a shame because it's a really good. Yeah. Uh, private detective story. That said, of course, if Perry Mason does become the defence attorney, there'll be more for Shea Wiggum to do, which is all good. Yeah. So uh, so that's a big recommendation. It's on HBO, so you can get it through Sky or Now TV, and it's fab. I shall, well, I shall give that a try. <coughs> I, 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 um, I only vaguely knew, I knew kind of what the TV series was about, but that's it, to be honest, I, that kind of turned me off watching this because I just thought, oh, I don't, I don't want another recreation of like an old TV series. But yeah, if no, it's not that at all. yeah, if it's like that, then it sounds quite good. What I'll yeah, do is, is I think I'll I'll watch it until it becomes a nice person, and then I'll stop watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, good. Um, I, I wish I'd had as good an experience as you with um, a detective. Um, but with Here my viewing, go. I should say. Here we go. Um, but I watched the um, season finale of Lincoln Rhyme. Um, I'll try and play around with some of the the descriptions of the things um, because you know, just in case somebody wants to watch it, and I don't want to spoil <laughs> the actual season finale. Um, <clears throat> but some of it, I will. It probably will spoil it. <laughs> but to be honest, if you if you're watching it, I don't think anybody telling you what's going to happen is going to spoil it, really. No, because it's most things in it are so telegraphed. Oh, really? There's, there's no, there's no. They they create they try to conjure up suspenseful situations, but they're just not suspenseful because <laughs> you know what the outcome is going to be. Um. So in in this um in the season finale. Um, what the bone collector had done is. Right. Um, do I need to tell people what the bone collector is about? Mm, maybe. No. No, just, just. Uh, shall I? Shall I try and remember? Yeah, go on then. He, he, he's a killer, but he sends polished bone to Lincoln Ryan. Yeah. Because reasons, I, I don't. Remember, I don't remember why. Oh, it's probably yeah. because he wants to taunt Lincoln Ryan yes. with how clever he is, yes. and how he's always going to get away with shit. Is that yeah. more or less that, it? That's that's it. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So he's this serial killer who's still on the loose, taunting Lincoln okay. Rhyme, who's a paraplegic <clears throat> detective um, who was injured whilst uh, trying to catch the bone collector. Okay. Um, so Lincoln's got um, a detective who works for him, who is his 
um, eyes and ears out on the scenes of these various crimes. Um, and he, she's got um, a lapel camera and microphone. And if any situation comes up where it might be too dark, don't worry about it because she's got like night vision and and the microphone's the best microphone you've ever <laughs> encountered. Well, in fact, in the last episode, as I recall, the, 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 the camera was so good that Lincoln was able to spot something on the floor. Like yeah, it was, really yeah. Tight. yeah so, oh, yeah, yeah. Know. I mean, the, the 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 camera resolution must be like 8K, but the actual <laughs> size of the camera is like a pen lid. It's minuscule. Wow. So, um, anyway, she's she's out there. But what the bone collector's been doing is, um, as they, they find out as this goes along, is... is um, He's getting to all the people who were around Lincoln. So all of Lincoln's yeah. colleagues, they've all had some kind of trauma. And the bone collector then takes them kind of back to that trauma in some fashion. Right. Um, and so in the case of Abigail, who's Lincoln's eyes and ears, um, her parents were shot while she was in um, like a diner. Uh, so he, <laughs> he, they find out that he's done. He's done. They think he's oh, he's done something to somebody in this diner where her parents were shot when she was a kid. So right, they rush okay. down there. The police get there. The other police get there before them, like the SWAT team and whatever. So they're already they've already evacuated the building and they're kind of milling around the restaurant. So she walks in and she starts getting really upset because obviously she's thinking about seeing her parents get shot. Um, so then they show you her parents getting shot. In right. but I th- I'm pretty sure it's in black and white, which makes no sense because <laughs> why would it be in black and white? It wasn't well, years ago. She's like yeah, fucking... she's got some kind of monochromatic memory disorder. Or yeah, something she's like, she can... I mean, she's like what, like 26 or something. So this, I'm pretty sure this is so like colour then. The silent era. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think they probably still like, they had digital cameras then. <laughs> um, so um, it shows you what happened in black and white, just to emphasise the fact that it happened in the past and it wasn't actually happening now because the people who are viewing it are so fucking stupid that they might think they're watching <laughs> something current. So um, even though it's got a voiceover on it and everything's done in slow motion. So it shows you um, this Abigail going in as a kid with her mum and dad and they sit at a booth and then a waitress comes to take their order and then this guy comes up behind the waitress and he points a gun at her. The waitress turns round and says something or other and he gets angry about it and he shoots the waitress and the dad jumps up across the cubicle to try and tackle the robber and he shoots the dad. So then the mother kind of does like a human shield thing over her daughter in the cubicle and for some reason the robber guy shoots the mother there's no no explanation for it there's no reason why he shoots the mother and then he leaves the kid he leaves this abigail and so she's obviously traumatized by this thing, right. a terrible, terrible thing. But none of it made sense. The situation didn't make sense. All the writers had to do was come up with something feasible that made yeah. a vague sense, and they couldn't even do that. <laughs> they came up with a story that they had no idea how, how this story was realised. They came Perfect. up with the fact that her, her mum and dad had been shot. I mean, yeah, it didn't yeah. really didn't really happen. Somebody came up with it, and then so they just went, oh, yeah, let's go with that. And then it was like, well, how did it happen? Well, oh, uh, well, I mean, he just came in and he just shot him. 
<laughs> but not but not her. No, not her. No, but he shot the others. And then yeah. he, he ran out. Fuck me. <laughs> not just... Fucking, I mean, orphan maker. Yeah, well, I mean, so there was nobody else in the restaurant either. What kind of what kind of fucking restaurant is this? Where the, <laughs> this this family and they looked really happy to be there. They were really happy to be in this awful diner that we had nobody in it apart from them. Oh, I mean, it was probably a blessing that they got shot. To be honest, do you think it was the Retford Happy Eater? It could have been the Retford Happy Eater. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I didn't see the pancake Count the sausage. In the, well, if you watch it again, count the number of sausage on the plate and the side plate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It gives me anyway. flashbacks, flashbacks to when I worked there and everything was, um, you ordered everything by a number. Um, That's so true. people would just read out their, their requests as if they were in a Chinese restaurant and they were ordering like egg and chips. Oh, fucking yeah. hell. <laughs> I remember you telling me the story about you got knocked off your bike. Riding back from there. Once. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. 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 I got knocked off. The police thought you'd nicked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when I said no, I've been run over, he just went, "Oh, right," and drove off and left me. <laughs> what a cunt! <laughs> you see, they were bastards even back then. I mean, that was yeah. that was donkey's years ago. Um, yeah. So anyway, they're in they're in the Happy Eater. Um, the mum and dad yeah. have been shot, so she's gone back there and. Um, he was saying, just like Lincoln was saying, just concentrate, try not to get too emotional about it. I mean, she's in the pl- she's the first time back in the place where her mum and dad got shot in front of her, uh, yeah. and uh, so she's a bit trembly lipped. And he's like, going, "No, you've got to, you've got to focus and stuff like that." And um, so she was like, "Oh, we're near the cubicle where it happened." So they run over there, and this uh, one of the SWAT team police women goes, "There's something in the ceiling," and she jumps on the bench seating to look at this thing that's in the ceiling then she goes oh oh no uh and she goes something's something's clicked underneath me so abigail goes running over she looks underneath the table and it's a trigger with a load of wires wires coming off it clever and then when she lifts up the the bench seat that's opposite it there's a a case uh, like a plastic case with like a timer, obviously a big, a big yeah, L, yeah, yeah. big red LED timer, and counting down. And um, she goes, "Oh no, it's a like a bomb!" And um, she goes, "But," uh, and the policewoman was like, "Oh god!" And she says, "No, don't, don't get off the bench seat because it might be the that might make the bomb go off. That might be a trigger for the bomb going off, the pressure release." So you're going to have to stay there. And then she's going, Lincoln, what do I do? Lincoln, what? how do I defuse the bomb? Well, there's these two episodes after she's already been in a situation where she tried to, she needed to defuse a bomb. And Lincoln oh, quite course, clearly yeah, yeah. told her that he didn't know how to fucking defuse bombs. So why yeah. is it, he wouldn't suddenly have learned since the last time. Very good point. Because like everybody else, you're probably thinking, I can't imagine that we're going to run into another bomb this soon. So yeah. I've probably got time to research it. Um, and she didn't bother either. I mean, you'd think no. she was in that situation. She might go, I might just look yeah, it up pro- on Wikipedia. Yeah. What are the bomb... Yeah. Dis- I mean, let's be honest, between him, between her and a paraplegic, who's going to be the most likely one Ex- exactly. in a bomb-based situation? Exactly. It's just basic, that, Nick. Just yeah, basic. Yeah. Um, so... Anyway, she's screaming at Lincoln to ask her for help to defuse the bomb. Which wire? She keeps saying, which wire? Again, like we've spoke about this, it doesn't make any yeah, yeah. difference. 
It doesn't make any difference. The, the, as if all bomb makers, they all use the blue wire for one thing. They all use the white wire for another thing. Fucking hell. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I've got the manufacturer's warranty. Oh, here we are, here we are. How to defuse. Here we go. What make a bomb is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, you want a white wire for that one. Yeah. Can you read read me off the last, and I, and I can't stress this enough, the last four letters of the serial number on the bomb, because that'll tell me what generation bomb it is, because they changed it after the first one. They improved it. Oh, they did, didn't they? They after did, they improved it, yeah. Of course yeah. they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so... Um, <laughs> While she's screaming at Lincoln to help her pick which wire, um, what she doesn't know is the bomb collector's got inside Lincoln's house. Ooh, and he's, he and he's, hasn't. he's holding the, um, his uh, carer at knife point. And, he's, and he's, he's laughing in Lincoln's face because he's telling him how he's not as clever as him and he's fooled him and um, ah. Ah, he's too good for him. Uh, right, okay. And he cuts communication between Lincoln and... Abigail, so Abigail's just screaming into the void because Lincoln can't talk to her. Right. Um, right, okay. And um, the bone collector uh, tells him, like, basically why he's doing all that he's doing, and um, Lincoln saying, "Oh, it's because I was I was better than better than you at the forensics course that we were doing. I was top of the class." And he was going, "Oh yeah, you were top of the class, but what about that case that we did of whoever and." Um, he goes. Uh, I found. I found out the solution before you, and Lincoln goes. Well, I told the tutor before you, and he was going. Yeah, because you you like barged me out of the way, and it, and and he was like, <laughs> but that's not the reason why you got thrown off the course. They've never mentioned him being thrown off the course before, by the way. Right. Okay. Um, and he was going. Uh, oh, um, yeah, but just you think if I had have got there in front of you and I'd have handed it over, do you? Th- do you seriously think they would have thrown me off the course? I'm thinking, are, we, are they actually having this fucking conversation about <laughs> grades on a course that they went on? Is this Brilliant. is this what this whole program has been building up to? Yeah, somebody's, somebody's yeah. So it should have been called Lincoln Rhymes Hunt for the Bone Collector. It should have been Lincoln Rhymes Hunt for the Petty Fucker. Yeah, Lincoln Rhymes and the argument about the NVQ. Fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> It was honestly, it was just fucking ridiculous. So um, then uh, he said, "Oh, oh uh, you know, something about diffusing the bomb," and he was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm too clever for even that. I've only come here, Lincoln. She's got no chance of diffusing the bomb. I've only come here to make you watch uh, her die." Um, and then it cuts back to Abigail, and Abigail's like, um, she, "Something goes off in her head," and she goes, "Oh no." Everybody get out! Everybody get out! Um, and then the next thing you know, the bomb goes off, and the bomb collector's like, ha 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 ha! And then, like, goes off like a comedy villain. And then um, they go back, and then um, they find out that actually, no, everybody's all right because Abigail had sussed it out. She'd realised, I've no idea, right, how this happened, but she'd realised that um, the, the bomb couldn't be diffused. And then it didn't oh. matter. It didn't matter whether she got off the bench seat, and it didn't matter what wire she cut, and it didn't matter if they stopped the clock. It set it so that the bomb was just gonna go off anyway. Right. Quite how he knew timing wise how that was all gonna work out, but you know. Sure. So anyway, um, 
so the bomb so the bomb went off and the bone collector thought ha she's she's dead because the camera was still looking at the bomb when when it went off so she must be dead and then it cuts back and abigail's all right and she stood outside and he's like oh i thought you were dead and um she said oh yeah no what i did was i took off that lapel camera and i i put it on put it down on a ledge so it was facing the bomb so he'd think that i was still there and then Why I, would he and then I ran, I ran out. How does he know that? I'm sorry, I don't. I'm, right, I'm really confused now. Mm. So he cut communication with her. So yeah. how would she know that he, the bone collector, was watching her? And how would she know to do that? She did. She had no idea. Didn't didn't tell you that. Right. Okay. So just 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 so I'm. She just assumed that she she deduced somehow. That, um, okay. that well, the bone collector had done that, had set the bomb, which is fair enough. Um, yeah. But then she also deduced that f- for some reason he was the bomb was just going to go off with her there. Yeah. Anyway. That and yeah. that he would have access to his camp to the bone collector to to Lincoln's camera as well. I guess, or maybe she thought he maybe had a camera somewhere else in the rest restaurant, and she just he just wanted to well, see it. Yeah, but if, if if it was somebody else's camera, he would have seen her take the fucking. No. The... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the no, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they worked that out. They just haven't worked it out. <laughs> no, um, of course they haven't. Yet again. I mean, the other thing that they didn't work out is, she said, "Oh, I took off the lapel camera and then rested it on a surface." But miraculously, she rested this. It's like um, it's like half the size of a name, uh, like a flat name badge. Is this camera? Okay. And she managed to rest it on a surface that made it look like somebody who was who was a good five foot ten who was kneeling down to look at a bomb. She managed to get that angle, and not oh, only that, that, right? It's got audio, so the bone collector and Lincoln were still hearing her, even though they they couldn't communicate with her. They could still hear her. Um, okay. And she was like going, "Oh, do this thing and do 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 that thing." How, so if she was outside, how were they hearing that? Well, she's shouting it through the fucking door. <laughs> Would that not have sounded like somebody shouting through a door from a long way away? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Fuck me. Anyway, <laughs> this is what the whole fucking series has been like. Yeah. Um, Can I just ask something before you before you carry on? Yeah, yeah. Was it one of those shows where? People whispered when, you know, they, they like, you know, that dramatic way of delivering a line where someone will say, you're not safe and you never have been. While somebody's at the other side of the fucking room and yet they hear every word. Um, no, they've not even been that nuanced, really. Oh, okay. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, there's none of that. No. Right. Great, no. Then. Good. They either, they either show you ways of solving things that they could never have solved in a fashion that they could never have used, yeah. um, or it's something so fucking obvious, but yet they still do a lot of exposition about it. We're like, we know all right, that. Okay. We know why he's doing that. It's obvious yeah. why he's doing that. But yeah, so yeah, oh, this yeah, terrible. Writing's just so terrible. Um, a, a couple of quotes from it, a couple of quotes oh, of dialogue well. from it. Um, uh, I, I need to go in on my own. You're my eyes and ears. And then the reply is, I can go with that. I mean, I just... 
<laughs> it's like a monkey's been slapping the, these keys. Another one, um, this time I'm not on my own. I thought I could do it alone last time. And, but it, that's delivered as if, like, how fucking poignant is that? It's like it's like they like they've gone. Hang on a minute. Listen to this bit. This time I'm not on my own. I thought I could that do it alone really last time. And then yeah, it's writer. like it's like they've looked at you as if to go, "Hey, hey, fucking yeah. nailed it! Absolutely fucking nailed it!" <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Um, so they, um, I won't fill in the the other bit because. Um, that is the like the 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 whole denouement of the thing, but there's a there's a bit after the kind of end of the episode where okay. um, they well like a post credits type deal yeah 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 uh, yeah oh, okay. yeah kind of it's like it's like everything that they've been building up to has happened, um, and then they're in a in a bar that's uh, frequented basically only by policemen it seems, and they're all in there and they're they're drinking. Um, to the memory of a, a colleague. So while they're in, while they're in there, um, an iPhone gets delivered to the bar. Of course it does. <laughs> and they open it up, and they're like, well, that's, that's a bit weird, isn't it? And they open it up, and there's this, there's somebody on the line that says, like, um, look outside the front of the bar now. <sighs> and they're like, what? And he's like, just look outside the front of the bar. So they go running out the front of the bar, and this, like a body, drops from the top of this building onto a car right next to them, onto the roof of this car. Right. And then it finishes. Okay. So it's there's obviously like another serial killer or another case. To, right. Okay. But so already, the- already introducing what is obviously going to be season two. It's shit, yeah. isn't it? It's fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they've got a yeah. phone. Look outside. How oh, many times have you had that? Oh, there's a phone, Rick. Yeah. We haven't seen this for how many fucking times? Yeah. Wow. No cliche left unturned. That's terrible. I know these people. They're just in a. They're in a pub, and like a, a phone gets delivered to them, and they think, "Yeah, well, let's open it up and like turn it on, and if it rings, let's answer it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it it definitely won't be setting a bomb off in here, even though we've yeah, run into about right. four bombs so far yeah, and various yeah, yeah. bombers of descript- yeah, different descriptions. Fucking hell. Oh, yeah. a, f- a funny... rhymes, fuckwit PD. A, a fucking a f- weird packet's arrived. Let's get it open. Oh, it's an electronic <laughs> device. Turn it on. <laughs> Turn it on. We're in a pub full of policemen. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> fucking yeah, morons. Yes, indeed. Fuck with PD. Fucking shite it is. Fucking shite. Okay, so avoid that one. Um, Do you think... I wonder if if season two's been greenlit. There's a question. Oh, yeah. Let's have a look on IMDb. Oh, fuck me. Do I have to watch season two as well? Uh, 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 I might stalk the writers to find out what, um, what other shit they've been involved in. Yeah, I think you should. Lincoln Ryan, Hunt for the Bone Collector. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All episodes. Uh, this, at the moment, this? it looks like just just one series. It doesn't say. Yeah. He hasn't got. 
You might be uh, not waiting for the second series. I'd, I'd be very. But if if they haven't got um, season two greenlit, that's just such a fucking weird way to end it. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where you either you you know it's, you, they're all in, aren't they? They make it and they'll go. We'll do a hook, really big hook. You know, yeah. dead to me, uh, which as you know, I, I absolutely adored. Uh, mm. The the second series ended with a phenomenal hook. Uh, and the third series of Ozark did the same thing. Um, and sometimes series, you know, I mean, particularly network series, if they know they're not going to get any any extra episodes, it's just going to end. They'll not do that. Yeah. Early series of Netflix, uh, Bloodline. I don't know if you ever saw Bloodline. No. It had, um, oh, God. Um, Linda Cardellini, who I love. Ben Mendelsohn. Who was oh, great? Yeah. Uh, Kyle Chandler, uh, who you've probably seen from yeah, Friday yeah. Night Lights, and yeah, uh, and um, Sissy SpaceX, Sam Shepard, great cast. First oh. two series, fucking amazing, really, really gripping, tense, brilliant character inter- interpersonal relationships, and then Netflix decided uh, f- for whatever reason, maybe maybe the ratings weren't coming in, or I don't know why. Um, that season three was going to be the last series. Now, quite often what TV shows do now um, is they'll make a cliffhanger hoping that another network will pick it up. Yeah, yeah. But the writers of that show decided, oh, we'll just put an ending on it. And it was a really bad idea. It it was two... So it's two-thirds of a great uh, thing in itself... And one yeah. third of a, sh- it's one. The last bit is shit. It really is disappointing. And they brought the actors back for reshoots. I don't think Linda Cardellini's age. Some she just disappeared. She wasn't in the third series barely at all. Ben Mendelsohn's in an awful wig. Uh, you can really tell because they've done reshoots. You can really tell yeah. when he's in the wig. What are the reshoots and what aren't? One of the characters just gets fucking dropped. One episode's a dream. It's just really oh, no. bad. Yeah, yeah, it it uh, it ended really, really poorly. Yeah. Um, the flip the flip side of that is Lucifer, right? Which I think was originally made for one of the American networks, Karen. Mm. And I, th- I think did Amazon have it initially? Yeah. Um, well, and then yeah, they had three series of that, possibly four. Uh, shit canned it. Netflix picked it up. And they're about to shoot the sixth and final series. They're going to put an ending on it. So yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah, these things do happen. Um, maybe maybe uh, they tried that. Maybe the makers of because of course, let's be honest, the people who wrote it, like you say, will have been going. This is brilliant. This is fantastic. Yeah. And I I don't know if it's uh, I, I don't know whether the Bone Collector, uh, the character of Lincoln Rhyme is um, is he from a book. I know he was played in the film by Denzel. Yeah, I don't know. I don't so, know. you know, maybe there are other stories about him and 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 um, Abigail or Amelia or whatever her name is. Maybe maybe there are other there are other things uh, for them to adapt. But you know, if it's the been thi- executed poorly, then yeah. The thing the thing is that the um, the premise of it gave gave the writers like so much scope to do. Lots of different interesting things. They weren't they weren't tied yeah. down by, um, like a set of circumstances. They were like they're like a detective team that are operating independently of the normal police force. 
and they've got yeah. all of basically all of America to do their stuff in. The of fact course. that they're based in New York, so most of the cases are in New York. But even if you just kept it to New York, there's there's still a lot of different kind of interesting possibilities for them to go through. Yeah, and they yeah. had a, they had a decent enough range of different kinds of characters, and they just decided that no, we're just going to make it like. You know, like a CSI or all that kind yeah, of yeah. hackneyed stuff. Yeah, of course. We'll make it like the stuff that people are already watching, but a little bit yeah. different. They've all, people are already watching it, so... Yeah, they've all now got, um, like, some like a nerdy character who's always based on the keyboard, who's always yeah, based yeah, yeah, back yeah. in the thing, and, like, somebody's out there doing the stuff, and they're communicating with them, going, just a minute, hang on, right, yeah, turn left, go through that yeah. door. It's yeah. like, oh, fucking hell, do you all have to do that? Yeah. I loved... If you saw... Did you see Spider-Man Homecoming? No. So the, the, they subverted that brilliantly, because... Um, Spider-Man's best, uh, Peter Parker's best mate at school says, "Ah, oh, I can be the guy in the chair. Let me be the guy in the chair. I, then I can, I can like help you by being the guy in the chair." <laughs> and at one point, Spider-Man does say, "You're gonna have to tell me about such and such a thing." And he's at school and he's sitting there on the computer, and the teacher walks in and says, "What are you doing?" And he says, Look, "Looking at." Porn. It's <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, but no, you're right. They all have that, don't they? They all have a sort of uh, nerdy, pasty-faced computer person. Yeah. They all seem to have an identikit thing of characters that they just yes, either make indeed. them male or female, young or old, but they all slot into those yeah, nice yeah, little things. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Lazy bastards. Lazy fucking, <laughs> Lazy yes, fucking bastards. Good, good. Um, so. But on the on the flip side of fuck awful lazy writing, um, yeah. have you been watching something that's um, by somebody who's notoriously a very good writer? I have, yes. I um, just caught the first two, well, no, actually not the first two, just two of the uh, Alan Bennett Talking Heads remakes. Yeah. Um, I saw the Harriet Walter one. Is it soldiering on? I think. And I watched right. the Imelda Staunton one, The Lady of Letters. Um, yeah. Fascinating. You know, the writing, how Alan Bennett can craft these jewels from such uh, seemingly mundane topics. And I suppose because, you know, I... I been writing for theatre. That's that's basically what I do. Write for theatre, uh, and a lot of the work that I've done is audience address. I forget uh, that when they were first shown in the late eighties, I think. Mm. I have to check that up. Direct audience address, full monologues for television was uh, a very very rare thing indeed, and so all those early ones. Uh, really set a benchmark and there's nothing wrong with remaking stuff and they're I mean essentially they're museum pieces the, the weird thing I watched them on the iPlayer and the, the weird thing I don't know if it's the same when they show them on TV uh, prior to the episodes um, there's a little uh, you know there's a black screen with a caption on it which says this was originally written in the 1980s and the dialogue reflects the uh, f- ideas of the time, oh, right. which I suppose is just um, uh, I don't know. Maybe the BBC protecting themselves against lots of letters saying that these characters are overtly racist or these characters are homophobic or you know for whatever reason. Yeah. Almost as if 
those people don't exist anymore when unfortunately yeah. you know we know they fucking do because yeah, the whole yeah. black lives matter um, yeah. movement proves that there is still a massive problem with uh, with racism in this country and homophobia is exactly the same yeah, yeah. um so for, for me that that seems a little unnecessary and, and almost like uh sort of don't worry everybody this is how we used to think we're much more enlightened now uh doesn't detract from the beautiful writing um yeah. they were both really well performed uh, I, I enjoyed the Harriet Walter one more than the Imelda Staunton one because I don't remember that one. In fact, I think some of the some of them are new pieces. Uh, I yeah, because I saw I saw part of the Sarah Lancashire one about a woman who falls in love with her own son. I, I stopped watching it I, not because I was upset by it. I was I, my dinner was made. I was watching it uh, while I was cooking and uh, dinner was made, so I, I stopped watching it. Um, I enjoyed the Harriet Walter one. And part of that is because I have very strong memories of Patricia Rutledge Rutledge, uh, doing the uh, Lady of Letters. Mm. And Imelda Staunton, phenomenal actress though she clearly is, I I, I could still hear Pat Rutledge's delivery and uh, hard to get away from it. Yeah. Um, Tonight, uh, the Jodie Comer version of Her Big Break was on, which was Julie Walters originally, right. which I, I'd be interested to see that because, yeah, yeah. again, Julie Walters is one of the actresses that just has a very specific way of delivering lines and delivering yeah. off the line as well, you know, some of her body language and stuff like that, the way it feeds into the dialogue, uh, or monologue rather. Um, and I'd be interested to see whether or not Jodie Comer follows that. Um, you know... Um, Still very, very enjoyable. <clears throat> I wonder how much they looked at the original performances, or even if they were aware of the original performances, because some of them won't have been old enough. Like, um, 1988, I've just looked, it was, 88, first, was it? first okay. aired, yeah. Right, well, End yeah, of 88. Um, I don't know. I mean, jo- Jodie Comer's quite young, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she, she won't... Um, listen... They're around. I'm sure people will have seen them, uh, but um, whether they studied them, not studied them, whether they watched them as a reference, yeah, I suppose that's an actor's choice, isn't it? Do, but do it would be it? very difficult to get away from a lot of the performances of the originals because they were so strong and they were so memorable. I mean, yes, I indeed. I remember those performances, and I think I've maybe only seen them twice. Maybe, yeah, and that was me all too. around the same, around the same yeah. time. It was maybe like when they were first aired, and then maybe like a year after or something. Yeah, and I can yeah. remember, like um, you know, s- some of the way that they they used their body and things like that mm. during it. They were fantastic, and the yeah. the they did become like a bit of a a shorthand for you know for. for, a, for how good acting could be when it was just one person. Yeah. And you'd, yes, you'd get little, so. you'd get little things where it was, um, like EastEnders did a, a thing where it was, oh, there was just two characters. Aren't they brave? They've yeah. just got two characters in one episode. Yeah. Think, well, yeah. It's, no, it's brave if there's only fucking one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, there was, there was an episode with Dot and Ethel, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Um, no, I mean. Um, so the, uh, the the ones I remember very clearly, Alan Bennett, I remember thinking, oh, he's brilliant. When he did, um, what's that one called? A Chip in the Sugar, I think? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. 
Yeah, where he plays Graham. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Thora Hurd's doing a cream cracker under the settee, uh, which is very sad. Uh, and uh, Maggie Smith doing Bed Among the Lentils. Yeah. Um, yeah, all fab, all fab. I, I think yeah. Bed Among the Lentils is being done. Um, and it's, oh, it's the actress who's in Mum. Oh, yeah, I know you mean. Forgot her name. Bastard, no, I can't brilliant. remember her name. She's brilliant. Can't remember. Anyway, her. So, damned with faint praise. Look at that. She's brilliant, but I can't remember her name. That's awful. <laughs> it'll come back to me later. When I stop recording, it'll come back to me. Ugh. Leslie anyway, Manville. Leslie fucking Manville, that's it. Damn it. Yeah, Leslie Manville. Yeah, she's um, amazing. Yeah, she's fab. Uh, so, but then, no, I mean, if you've never seen them before. I think this is the thing. If you've never seen them before, because they were saying oh, they'll find a new audience. Now, yeah, they probably will. Mm. Uh, and maybe people will watch um, the her big break one because of Jodie Comer, because yeah. of how popular Killing Eve was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe people will watch A Lady of Letters because of Melda Staunton, because she's a great actress and she's done lots and lots of stuff. Uh, and, and maybe younger... Um, uh, younger viewers might remember her from she was in one of the Harry Potter films. Can't remember mm. which one. So may, you know maybe maybe th- there is there is a reason yeah. uh, for doing it uh, in in that way. But I because I am of that age, I would have quite enjoyed seeing the originals. Of course, once you start yeah. com- comparisons are odious and all that kind of thing. Um, but I have a very fond memory of 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 seeing those monologues done. Uh, for the first time, um, but if you've never seen them before, and and you've ne- uh, they're on the iPlayer, they're all on the iPlayer, even though, uh, you know, they bunged them all up straight away. Um, so yeah, Martin Freeman, Leslie Manville, Jodie Comer, um, Imelda Staunton, Sarah Lancashire. Oh fucking hell! But the other the other down. side to that is, um, I think it's great that they're celebrating his. Work and how long it stood, how well it stood the test of time in in terms of you can still you can still put it on now and still appreciate it. Yeah, but it would have been a nicer celebration of that how how well that had worked if they'd have gone. So let's do it with some other people now. Let's get somebody else to write it. Let's get some. Yeah. Let's get instead of doing six copies of what's gone before with maybe a new one thrown in. Why not get yeah, yeah. six? new brilliant writers to do their take on on that format yeah that's that's that that would have been fun you know i would have certainly loved to have been one of the writers uh but no that would have that would have been fun but i think the difficulty is there um alan bennett is such it's a high fucking standard you know his, his writing is wonderful. It's it's subtle and beautiful, and um, like I said, he makes the mundane seem magical uh, in a way that perhaps other writers might not be able to. And, and and if they did, they'd only be seen as emulating Alan Bennett. So if you're going to emulate Alan Bennett, just get Alan Bennett. I agree. Maybe should have been more new ones uh, and less of the originals. But um, that, that's but that is the BBC's part of their remit is isn't it it's to get it's introduce yes. new new talent not yep. go back to 1988 and then well let's just make a new version of that 
I mean, I know that yeah. they have done, they have done, they do way too much of that. Like fucking open all hours and all that cack redoing it. <laughs> I mean, I know that there are people that, that like it, but that shouldn't be what we pay the license fee for, is it? Should it? Just rehashing all that shit. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I've never watched the remade Open All Hours. In fact, is it even Roy Clark doing it now, or is it somebody else? I just don't know. It's awful. No. It's it's just awful. It is a it's a strange choice. It's a strange choice to remake. Um, but why not? Why not? It might not have been as successful, but there might have been one episode out of six new six not new writers, but six writers being given the chance to do that. Right. Where one of them might have been like, fucking hell, that was absolutely amazing. And then you've created yeah. a new piece of television that people remember. Instead of going, yeah. shall we just remake the television that we remembered before? Wasn't that good? Potentially. But, I, you know, having never written for television, I, I only get this from other people who have. Uh, in all likelihood, that may have happened. And it just might not have got through uh, editors and producers there may well have been pieces yeah. of writing that have been sent in, and they've gone, yeah, this, no, not not uh, not for us. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, fucking it's ridiculous, tough and isn't it? Well, it's difficult. It is. It is hard. It is very very hard. It is tough and ruthless, but they're supposed to be, they're supposed to be a public conduit for things like that, aren't they? Yeah. That's true, but I mean, the damned if they do and the damned if they don't, I suppose. And this is not me defending the BBC. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where if 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 they bang it on, somebody's going to not like it. There, there isn't anything, there isn't anything that's on that everybody's loved. We all talk about, oh, Faulty Towers. It's faultless, it's amazing, yeah. it's a brilliant piece of writing, and so on and so forth. But there will be people who who go, never liked it. Nah, not for me, never liked it. Open All Hours, you know, the, the the early series of Open All Hours, you know, uh, gentle humour, very, very nice, quite observational. And and there'll be people who watch that, oh, isn't it lovely? It's lovely. It's comfortable. Whether or not yeah. it's humorous, it's comfortable. And I think that's the, you know, this is, comedy serves different functions for different people, doesn't it? it? It's not always there to make people belly laugh. Sometimes it's just there to make them smile. Yeah, you know, no, oh, yeah, 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 no, you know. I get... I get that, but I just think that they could come up with something new to do the same job. Because yeah. all all of those things were new at one point. There was a time before Open All Hours, there was a time before Last of the Summer Wine and all those kind of programmes, weren't they? Oh yeah. Um when when and keeping up appearances and things like that. Where they were the yeah. new thing on television, so Yes, of course. Don't just keep rehashing this stuff. Like trying to recapture some magic that happened in somebody's smoky office in the 70s. Yeah. Just try try with different people now. Just let them have a bit of a free reign and let them come up with some other something yeah. new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'm not I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm objecting to that at all. Blimey, good lord. No. It's like when you uh, when you're talking about Faulty Towers, you, you, there's a horrific alternate timeline where John Cleese at some point Decided, well, I don't know. Actually, I do need a load of money now, um, and he he says, "Oh, right, then BBC, how about I redo the old Faulty Towers, but with me now, with a new cast?" And they would go, "Yeah, go on then," 
and it would be fucking awful. It'd be the worst yeah. fucking decision ever. But yeah, they would yeah, they would yeah, do yeah. it because they'd be thinking, well, loads of people will watch this, even though yeah, it's guaranteed to be shit. Loads of people will watch it's, this. Well, it's a little <clears> bit like when Paul Merson remade Hancock's Half Hour, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, and and it didn't. It did. Paul Merson's very charming, very funny. Yeah, but they were very much of their time, and and they and they hinged upon something that Hancock had. Yeah, uh, that Merson didn't. Yeah. You know, not nothing he did wrong, just something he didn't do right. Yeah. You know, so anyway. Anyway, blimey, that was a meander, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Sorry, um, I was rambling no, there. Uh, talking heads. Yeah, talking heads. W- worth a look worth if you've watch. never seen them. If you have seen them, it, it depends on it, how strongly you remember them. Is is what I'd say. I'll give that a go then. No, I won't give it a go. Actually, no. <laughs> I was going to say, you lying fucker. Yeah, I won't give it a go. I've talked myself out of it already. Um, <laughs> so, speaking about new things, I watched something new yesterday. Um, I'm, I think it's called. I think you. I think I'm guessing you call it seventy five hundred, or seven five double zero, or seven thousand five hundred. It's an Amazon, isn't it? It's an Amazon. It's an Amazon original, original film. Oh, okay. Um, and it's a co-production between um, an Austrian, a German, and a United States company. Okay. Um, so the entire film is set um, in the cockpit of a commercial passenger airliner. Oh, is that one? <clears throat> it's it's yeah. uh, jo- Joseph Gordon. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he plays the first officer um, who's, um, he's not married to, but he's got a child with um, the oh, one of the uh, flight, the air crew. Um, so she's obviously working with the passengers behind. Right. Um, and he's, he's on this, he's the first officer on this particular flight. And he's got a pilot who um, he doesn't know. And um, so there's some general chat. Uh, and during the course of the flight, um, hijackers attempt to take over the plane. And it's all okay. about, basically, what happens. But the camera never leaves the cockpit. And it's, right, a, small, okay. it's a small cockpit as well. The yeah. only view that you get of anything other than the cockpit is um, <clears throat> the camera that's above the door... To the cockpit yeah, yeah. that looks out into um, into the, the plane. Island. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, but even then, at the start of the flight, the air crew um, pull the curtain across, so all you're basically seeing is the curtain, right, and okay. and the little bit of the feet underneath it. <clears throat> right. Okay. It's very it's very well done. Right. It's really it's a really great concept of trying to do a lot with very little and right. utilising the fact that you perhaps haven't got all a massive amount of special effects to cut from the cockpit to then show the plane flying and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, they yeah, always yeah. do that. Don't they? It's like, oh, I'm flying it. Oh, now you, you need to see the, the the airplane from the back. I don't really need to do that, but go yeah. on then. <clears throat> um, so you only see out of the 
out of the windows. You don't see a great deal out of there because it's at night. And when there are lights, a lot of the time it's foggy. Um, oh, okay. It's very claustrophobic. Uh, it tries to ramp up a lot of emotional tension as well as the mm-hmm. kind of physical tension. Um, okay. And that is by a first Titan director whose oh, name really? is Patrick Volraith. And this is his directorial feature debut. Wow, um, okay. So... I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, it's a it's a good piece of cinema. It's not like it's not groundbreaking. You're not going to be like, oh my god, this is this should be up for some awards. Right, but the sure. act the the acting's good in it. The concept of how they've used the space is really really good. Um, you never feel shortchanged by the fact that you're only in lo- one location. Mm. They've made that. A, a real positive that's like right. the selling point of it the whole thing has to happen in here and it there's yeah, there's probably only five actors in the whole thing right, that okay. you see or anybody has any right. interaction with i suppose it's done in real time then i guess yeah pretty much yeah um there's a they've obviously skipped a little bit of time in in the normal flight, because nothing right, happened. Sure. The, yeah, li- yeah, yeah. the literal. It's, there's <clears throat> there's quite a good bit at the start where they're he's having a conversation with the pilot because they don't know each other, so they have a kind of slightly awkward conversation about who they are, you know, you know why where they live, all that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. Real, real. I've never met you before. Small chat, right, okay. <clears throat> which they must have to do. All the time because they don't fly with the I same crews, do they? Yeah, 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 of course. Um, so there's a lot of that while they're sat waiting for the plane to take off, and then um, so just so that you get to know the characters, and then there's a little bit where they obviously miss it out where they're just basically just flying at night, um, and then you kind of skip forward to the bit where the hijackers attempt to take over the plane, and then yeah, from then on it's in real time. Wow, yeah, it's okay, very cool. it's very good. It's paced Great. really well. And okay. it's um, I like the um, the the influences of the obviously different production companies of the Austrian and the German and the Americans. You can tell their different influences in it. Oh, okay. Um, and there's a lot of um, they they take off from Berlin. I think it's a German plane. Um, so there's a lot of the dialogue is in in German. Oh, cool. um, there's some Turkish dialogue in it, uh, and obviously he's American. And there's like people who who obviously their first language is German, speaking in English to him. Right. It okay. Gives it more of an air of authenticity to it. Sure. Sucks you in a little bit because yeah, you know when yeah, yeah. you know when it's when when say it's American. For for me, if it's American, I'm always thinking this is a film. A yeah, film sure. is happening now because <laughs> it's in America. So this is where we now we're now I'm now observing a film. Yeah. And when it's British, I always think, well, this isn't fucking happening. <laughs> <laughs> but when it's, um, I tend to find when it's there's an element of foreign language things or it's set in Europe. There's yeah, enough yeah. familiarity for me. To think, yeah, I get, I get that whole situation. I get the scenario, but 
I get the kind of little bit of distance where I can think, well, maybe that would happen. I don't know. Maybe they would say that. Yeah, sure. Because culturally, it's it's gonna it's different. Yeah, I've got that suspension of dis uh, suspension of belief disbelief. What's the phrase? Suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah. I've got that when it comes to things yeah. that are a You've lot of foreign language lift. stuff. I've got a customer lift. Yeah, that's how my fucking brains are working. Um, <laughs> but overall, um, I, I enjoyed it. It's definitely it's definitely one I would recommend people to watch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. That sounds great. That's Stick it on the it. list. Oh, yeah, will get it on there. Get it on there. Very good. It's, it's, do you know when you were talking about it? it just you know, that one location. It reminded me of uh, there was a, a film with Ryan Reynolds, wasn't there? Where he was, I think it might have just been called Buried Alive. Was it? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've not yeah. seen it, but yeah. no, me neither. I really fancy it though. Uh, yeah, because like the, the premise of it is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, and terrifying, really tense, apparently. Oh God, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of terrifying. You went back briefly to watch a little bit more of Peter Crouch. I, d- I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. I saw I saw a little bit of this week's um, Peter Crouch. Um, Jimmy Carr and Mel C were among the uh, guests. So what's the... Um, there was loads of things about Jimmy Carr's hair. What was the deal with his hair? Just it said, oh, Jimmy Carr unveil, unveils a new look. And I'm thinking... Well, he must have had it cut then, because he can't have had it made longer. <laughs> well, it was a bit oh, shorter at the back. Died the, it. it was shorter at the back and the sides, but he still had his, his fairly severe yeah, side yeah. part. In it. It, it wasn't, uh, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't anything radical. You know, he'd not no. gone for a Hoxton Finn or a fucking mullet. <laughs> you know, Hoxton um, Finn. <laughs> Chuck that one in. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's... Um, it, it, it remained the same to me of, of uh, an affable chap um, who I'm sure down the pub or amongst his mates would be really good company. Yeah. Um, just just being cast adrift. Uh, yeah. In in a, in a sea of of random nonsense. Yeah. Um, and you know. I don't know, lots of declaiming. Alex Horn, every time Alex Horn was called yeah. upon to introduce music bits, he would say it really stridently to make the point that this is really funny stuff. So here we go. And it, it was that kind of... Yeah. I found it all remarkably forced. Um, and, and it featured uh, the, the, the section that I, I managed to, to, to claw my eyes through. Um it featured the Black Eyed Peas um, doing a performance <laughs> in some kind of virtual studio, uh, <laughs> doing their latest song, hmm. which not 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 for me uh, to be no. honest. Um, and yeah, it was it was very weird, uh, and and it kept cutting back. It's, you know, they were saying, "Oh, it's it's like we're, we're missing our festivals." So here we have the Black Eyed Peas. And so rather than just showing the video uh, of the Black Eyed Peas, which I think they'd shot for an American uh, 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 TV show and the BBC yeah. must have had permission to, to show it. Um, so rather than just cut to that and just show it in its entirety, they kept cutting to the studio and the, <laughs> and the, co- the co-presenter um, was sort of dancing a little bit, trying to get Peter Crouch to dance and... And somebody passed yeah. him a pint, and he had a, he had a sip of a pint, and 
like they were they were a festival but there was fucking two of them in a TV studio watching the black eyed peas on a fucking telly get you love drunk off my hump Check it out. The problem with it was, the problem with having Peter Crouch watching a big screen in a pretend garden, in a pretend studio, pretending to watch a band who weren't in a real garden anyway, they were in a weird studio, it, it was it was so airzats, it was the most dreadful thing, it was a little bit like um, inviting all your mates round to sit in your front window staring at cars going by in the street and going, God, isn't this like Formula One? It's like the best Formula One, isn't it amazing? Oh, wow, it's incredible. <laughs> I don't know what the people at home must have been thinking. They must have been thinking, yeah, this is just like the festival that... Um, and Peter Crouch is right. He is providing a service. He is saving our summer <laughs> by showing a pop video. You know, Top of the Pops have been doing that since the mid-fucking 70s. But apparently, this is innovative because it kept cutting back to the presenters having a bit of a dance. And it was that awful... Oh, God, you know. I mean, Peter Crouch is really tall, so he's got that gangly kind of presence anyway. Uh, and then, And then the last... And, and also he kept showing Mel C and Mel C was sort of kind of politely nodding, along, <laughs> nodding her head in a, way, in a manner that suggests to me she knows it's not the greatest black eyed piece I've ever heard <laughs> but she's on the show so she's got to fucking do it and then and then they closed out with um, uh, uh, Alex Horn doing a song I can't remember it was he changed the lyrics to a well known song uh, singing in tribute to some key workers. Can't remember which ones. Apparently he's been doing it every week. I turned off. I, at that point, I just I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd seen my ass about the whole fucking thing. It was <laughs> it was, it was, it was shocking. Um, and uh, and that is literally all I want to say about that. <laughs> I mean, I watched I watched one with. Rio Ferdinand and um, Chris Ramsey was on it as well, but he, oh, okay. Chris Ramsey, he he only appeared as if he was stood on the other side of a garden fence uh, and made very little contribution. But in fairness, it was it was fine. I mean, I'm not going to go overboard with it, but it was fine. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't it didn't make me cringe and want to turn it off immediately like the last bit that I saw. Um, but it's just not a good format, is it? It's no, but appalling, frighteningly, appalling. frighteningly bad. It's one step up from all the um, the kind of lockdown Zoom things that people have been doing on their own, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, and. and- to think that a lot of it has been scripted or, or structured yeah. rather than... You know, you, you, if a family gets together for a family quiz... Yeah. I mean, I do a quiz every Tuesday night with uh, some mates and that, and and, um, and it's fine. It's it, it's it's really it's really good. Um, but if things fuck up, it's your mates. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. not, it's not the, the licence fee payer going, ah, bless them, <laughs> dancing in a pretend garden. Bless them. <laughs> Well, yeah. I had an equally bad experience with something on a different channel and something that came from the other side of the world, so it shows that it's not exclusive to here. Oh, you did another episode? Uh, I did another two episodes of um, <gasps> LOL Australia. I did episode three and episode four. So it's l- last one laughing, Australia. Um, and the format 
if you haven't heard the previous episode where I spoke about it, is um, there's a it's an Australian program. Their um, idea is that you've got a room um, with cameras in it, um, set up like a kind of a kitchen and a living room and like a little mini stage and a locker room. And they started off with 11 stand-up comedians um, in there, all Australian. Um, they idea was that they were going to be in there for six hours and they were going to be observed by um, Rebel Wilson, who was going to be in a different room. And if anybody smiled, then they got a yellow card. And if they smiled again, they got a red card, which meant that they were out of the game. Um, And if they... And the prize is? um, It's 100,000 Australian dollars, which I think was like 65 English pounds. <laughs> Not 65 English pounds, 65,000 English pounds, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, as so if they smiled or laughed. Um, so the first episode wasn't too bad, um, because it was basically explaining the format of the programme. The second episode was pretty dire, because... After like two and a half hours, they all seem to have just completely run out of ideas about how to make each other laugh. And so they were just desperately doing either physical comedy or kind of just being ridiculous. <laughs> like throwing themselves on the floor and just like screaming or um, like taking off bits of their clothes and stuff like that. Anyway, they whittled a few of them out. Um, and then, so that was episode one and two. So episode three and four. Um, I thought it might have improved from episode two because I thought they would have thought, well, the ridiculous stuff hasn't worked. Us just being twats for uh, an hour, that hasn't worked. So maybe we need to try something else. But no, no. I watched episode three and four and they were just like episode two. They were just desperately trying anything. Instead of thinking of something funny to say, they were just desperately trying to, like... Do physical comedy. Somebody came out as a character, dressed as a character that she'd made up. She was a like um, a kind of middle-aged Australian woman. Um, I have no idea really what that was about. There was a guy who put <laughs> um, cooked noodles on his head and then sang a song about how he had noodles on his head and then he put them down yeah. his boxer shorts and made him come out of the legs of his boxer shorts. It was just, it was just awful. It was just painful, and like yeah. the the people who get eliminated all go off into another room to sit with Rebel Wilson to watch the people who are still in there, and they were all like laughing and going, "Ah, look at him there! Ah, oh, look at him! He's putting noodles on his head." I'm so glad I'm not in there, or else I'd have laughed and I wouldn't be in there anymore. It's just not. It's fucking blatantly not funny. None of it was funny. We we talked <sighs> about this before we started recording the other day. Um, I I went to stay with a a, a, a lad I met on holiday. Um, so me and my mate went on holiday, and, and we made a load of mates. It was in France camping, uh, and then uh, one of these guys uh, came to Leicester University, and uh, he was from Northern Ireland, and he said, "Oh, come and stay. We'll go and watch a band and just hang out." And he was so funny on holiday, but he'd gone to university with a bunch of his mates, uh, and it was. It was obvious that they they all wanted to be the funniest person, and they were doing that kind of. It was like turning up in halls of residence, 
uh, on a pissing rainy day in Leicester and watching these people who knew each other quite well trying to make each other laugh in embarrassing ways. It sounds like someone's just filmed that. Yeah. Awful students. Yeah. yeah. It was. It's absolutely terrible. So I'm, that, I'm out. I've tapped out on that. It's just. It was. It's oh. too bad to watch. I don't, like there. Are, you don't even give a shit who wins. There's no, <laughs> there's nothing in nothing in it for you to think. Well, I, I'm going to watch it because I want to see if they, you know, X, Y, or Z win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's none of that because you just hope they all fucking lose because the shit, fucking yeah. terrible. So where, where won't you be watching that? I won't be watching that on Amazon. Okay, excellent. Give it a miss. Excellent. I'm going to try Flory's Lava for next week. Um, which right. is a, a painfully simple Crystal Maze-esque game show that's come to Netflix. All right. Apparently it's the second most viewed uh, Netflix product in the country today. Oh. It's trending. Yeah. And, uh, and so I started, I put it on, I watched a minute and I thought, right, I'm going to I'm gonna invest more time because I didn't have time. I'm going to invest more time in this just to see yeah. how like, because I used to watch Crystal Maze like scientists examining rare creatures in a zoo. I, I, you know, I found it hideous and embarrassing and quite entertaining at the yeah. same time. Um, especially when Richard O'Brien, who was very charming, stopped doing it, and it was Edward Tudor Pole from yeah. Temple Tudor, who wasn't quite as slick. No. Um, so yeah, it's very it's, it's American. It's not a, a, not an English. Yeah. Thing. Um. They spent quite a bit on the sets, and essentially, it's like that game you used to play as kids, pirates. You remember pirates? Yeah. When you play pirates in the gym, yeah. you can't touch the floor. You can't touch the floor. That's that's, that's essentially it. it. There's nobody. There's nobody trying to tig you, but you just got to get in a team from one side of a room to the other by not touching the floor because the floor is lava. Fucking it's, hell! It's not. It's water with a red light on it. Uh, Shit! It might even be orange-coloured water. So yeah, so I'm going to give that a go for next week. Yeah. Uh, if anyone's seen it already and want to tell me to take an emergency stop and back away from it, please, please do let us know. <laughs> Thinking back to um, Crystal Maze, that was obviously where um, all the contestants who then went on to The Apprentice—that's where they used to go, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They were all like that, weren't they? Oh, I'd love it if that was true. If they were all... Right, Bill, yeah, you're an absolutely brainless fucking idiot. <laughs> but could you possibly do some kind of business annex course? Yeah. Uh, because the BBC are going to do something in a few years' time that you'd be perfect yeah. for. All your attitudes about, I'm a leopard. When it comes to business, yeah. I'm a leopard. Yeah. I'm faster than the others. I'm stronger than the others. <laughs> And I can eat my own body weight in their flesh. <laughs> that doesn't sound like any leopard I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, God. Right, so you're going to watch that for next week, then? I'm going to give Flora's Lava a go. Yes, yes. right. We'll look forward yes, to that. Indeed. So if you have seen that, why don't you email us at weakpointspodcast at gmail.com or you can get to with us on our Instagram, weakpointspodcast, where you can see pictures of stuff that we've been talking about this week and you can see pictures of a um, little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. So I think that's it for this week. It certainly so is. So thank you very much for listening again and we'll see you all again thank next you. week. See, see you later. Bye. 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 Bye.
Welcome to Weak Points, the podcast where we discuss what where we discuss you fucking cock. 